Let's bring in a fan question right from the jump. So I let you guys stew for a whole whopping minute, and I'll give you a little more context. So from Mellow Gus, my question to the guys, as players, how do you feel about the constant platooning and for bullpen pitchers not having consistent roles or set roles? As a Giants fan, I'm sick of this damn platooning. Can't win a World Series with this dumb philosophy. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. I like it, though. Hey, the Giants, two years ago, Kratz, won the freaking division, which... No one else has done in a long-ass time in the NL West. They, the Dodgers own that division, and they like to do some platooning too. But Far Anxiety is Mr. Platoon. He brought that over to the Giants. Kapler loves it too. You've seen him do some of that in Philadelphia. And I will say, after a down year last year, the Giants are competing again, contending for a wild card. They've swung and missed many times on trying to bring star franchise players over there, like Bryce Harper, even Stanton when he was a big deal. There's been many other names, too, that they've put their hat in and they've just lost out on. They did sign Correa for a hot minute, but then failed his physical. So your thoughts on the Giants? My thought, my thoughts on the Giants are I love what Farhan Zaidi does. I think they, the ownership tries to win. The fan base, they come out. like They try to be competitive, which is awesome. The issue is, for some reason, people aren't going there and signing. For whatever it is, maybe they'll get belly this year. Who knows what it is? But they're not getting that upper-tier guy. But I love some of their one-year signings. Conforto, Hanniger. My issue with the whole platooning is, are you going to go there as a superstar, a Bellinger? You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they were going to platoon Correa. I'm saying, are you going to go there – if they haven't quite figured out their platooning in the sense of like, how do we keep players healthy? That's been Gabe Kapler's biggest issue. That's why the whole 107 wins or 103 wins, whatever they had in 21 was kind of, was kind of an aberration because you're seeing it right now. The giants are kind of declining based on the fact that their bullpen gets absolutely crushed they're getting warmed up all the time and they're never getting enough breaks. And I think it's important that you keep that you keep guys fresh. And I don't know that they've figured that part of it out yet, but I like it because you're trying to win with the team that you have. I just think it might go a little too far. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody. Um, I don't know. I'm old fashioned. I, I guess, man, I, I, I think you got to find your guys that are your seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning guys, the, the platooning stuff. I mean, let's, you know, the, the Rays did all that stuff, putting the relievers starters first and, you know, having them go one inning or two inning and doing all this stuff. If it works for them, it works for them. But your point that you bring up was great. Then not many people are going there. So what is that main reason why nobody's going or want to be like, oh, this is the landing spot. This should be a top spot. San Francisco is awesome. So that would be my more concern, uh, what you brought up there. Why aren't the big guns, you know, like, I know we talked about Judge might be going. I, I, I felt like that whole thing, that they, they weren't even in mind. But it's a whole nother story. But why, isn't, why aren't they first picks for a lot of people? And I think that's the bigger question, Scott. Yeah, that's a good point. And Todd, father for you on the platoon side. So let's say you're on the Giants right now, and they're like, "Hey, dude, only gonna face one side." Would you be cool with that? Like, if they're like, "Hey, dude, you're gonna face left-handed pitching only." Yeah. How would you feel? And let's say you're you're in the prime of your career, but you got big splits. Oh, I, I was gonna. And they're like, that. "Listen, dude, we got another guy that can handle righties. I'm I'm putting you in right in the right in the fire." And they're like, "Listen, we're we're platooning everybody. So you're part of that." 
And if you're a righty, you're hitting lefties. If you're a lefty, you're hitting righties for the most part. And that's it. That's how we're running this ball club. You're under team control. Yeah. So you can complain to me, but you're not getting moved right now because you smash righties <laughs> or smash lefties, yeah. I should say. It would be a little difficult. You know, I'm, I'm one of the biggest team guys, you know, but at the same time, I know I can, in my mind, I can hit righties just as well. I mean, I hit lefties better in my career, yes, but it's still confusing. You know, you, you, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would take that. I would be just a little iffy because that would hurt, you know, not only my stock, but the guy that's hitting against righties only as well. So it's like, if I'm in the prime of my career, I'm losing at bats when I should be gaining at bats. So yeah, it would be a little difficult. Let's bring this combo into our next discussion here with our guest, the great Brent Cedar from the Colorado Rockies reliever joining us right now, who's had a number of different roles. Brent, good to see you, man. And before we get to the rest, I don't know how much you caught of this, but a fan basically in our chat asked about the Giants and how they platoon with their offense and there's no set roles with their bullpen for a while. You've danced all around in terms of how you've been handled as a pitcher. What are your thoughts on the way that that plays? Do you think that teams can be completely effective in that way? Or do you come across players that get pissed and aren't as um, easy to work with, say, as you are? Uh, yeah, well, great seeing you guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I for sure think it's more conducive to success to have set roles, to have guys in the seventh, eighth, ninth roles. Um, we had that in the last couple of years in Milwaukee with Foxberger had the seventh, Devin had the eighth, Josh had the ninth. And then um, when that it gets disrupted. It gets harder, but it can still be done. Um, but the the thing about it is, is like, it's it depends on the group of guys you have. Like we uh, we here in the Rockies have a really good group of guys uh, that are willing to take the ball whenever. So it makes a big difference uh, the makeup of the guys in the bullpen, uh, makeup of the guys in the lineup willing to be pinch hit without you know blowing up in the third fourth inning uh, like some teams do. So just depends on the makeup of the guys if it can be a long term success or not. So, Brent, after your playing days, I, still, I know you got years left. Would you be a big league skipper or observing what some of these guys go through from a time perspective? Would you be like, yeah, I'm good? Or maybe at least take some years off. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, man. I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say probably not. Um, you know, I, I definitely have respect <laughs> for that profession. Those guys uh, are working so hard and uh, do everything they can, win every day. But um, I think when I'm done playing, I'm going to be – taking it to the house for a little bit. I, I want to do something environmental um, after my career. I, if that's somewhere in baseball along the environmental realm, great. But um, I really don't have interest in, in coaching or doing professional managing or anything like that. Suter B, that was a great, great timeout you took. Ray, as you were going off the break, I saw you take the 30. The 30, that was good. And now you got the, <laughs> now you got the good internet. I was just going to say, if you didn't come back with good internet, you got a big league body, but minor league internet, man, because this is the second time we've, <laughs> we've busted it here, and you can't become a manager. Ivy League guys can't become managers, so you're going to have to go save the whales without being a manager. <laughs> I think Brad, Brad Osmus was manager. He's an Ivy League guy. Mark he gone. Rosa, Ivy League guy. He gone. Managed Team USA, so it, it happens. It yeah, happens. not very well. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to say to that, Kratzy. Yeah, well, Suter, <laughs> I want you to I want you to give me your best. All right, you've played for two managers now. You've played for Bud Black and Council. Yep. And you yep. are That's in, it? That's it. He just he was a he was a no he was a no nothing prospect with the Brewers, made his way, 
Got traded. Did you get traded or did you get non-tendered? Uh, I got put on waivers on the tender deadline day. So okay. kind of in between there, yeah. Kind of kind of in between there. Waivers, off-season waivers, not not the most recent just get people off your books waivers that the Angels did. Exactly. Right. I want you to give me impersonation because you're incredible at impersonations. If you haven't looked it up, you got to look up <laughs> YouTube of Suterby's, whatever the impersonation is, incredible Jim Carrey impersonations. But I want you to impersonate Bud Black talking to Craig Council in the playoffs the year that we boat raced those nerds. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't have counts down, but I'm going to give it my best. But uh, I, I've been working on my Bud Black, so here it goes. Craig, listen, we talked about this earlier. We talked about it earlier. You got a good ball club. We got a good ball club over here, too. We got guys with change-ups. We got guys with sliders executing down, <laughs> executing the ball down. We got good We got good bangers. We got good pop in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those – but it's one of those things like, you know, we're, we're good, too. We're good, too. I, I have no – I have no counsel impression. Sorry, but this, this is hip. Like, he kind of goes like this, like – we're good too you know what I mean listen Craig listen we're gonna go out there we're gonna roll the balls out Doug's gonna roll the balls out for us but good good crew here good crew we got going on and we're gonna we're gonna try to beat you guys we're gonna try to beat you in Milwaukee if we can get one in Milwaukee we'll move to Colorado and try to get two yeah something like that that's awesome wow that was freaking incredible. Oh. I spent a lot of time with, with but I'm way less than you guys, but like being in the manager's office and, and getting the answers. Woo! That was hot, Scratch. He is Suter, Suter's impersonations. You, what's, that his, is what's, what's his best bottle. impersonation? I've never seen nothing more. You have like a favorite one. Dude, guy Brent is incredible. Um, so I do like I started doing a lot of Jim Carrey's, like uh, you know what? That you or sorry, you know, you could poke somebody's eye out with that thing. Take care now. Bye bye then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love Jim then, Carrey, bro. Yeah, Jim Carrey, and then I do a little like Schmeagel, like Oh like my that. God, then, uh, that's solid. Wow. <laughs> that is Suter, solid. Suter B has been, he has been wasted in the Midwest. I'm sorry. Brewers fans love some Suter B. Mm. I'm sure Rockies fans love Suter B. And we talk about it all the time here, Suter. And I'm going to absolutely blow you up right now. Suter is the kind of guy on a team, in a bullpen, on the bench, that you talk about chemistry this is the guy. This is the, like, right here, right here, this is the chemistry guy. You're going to pay him, whatever team, once you're in free agency next year, you're going to pay him $1.5 to $3 million, depending on where his numbers end up, because he will bring your team together. Suter B will bang. He will bang. on. I mean, he's got incredible <laughs> rhythm. He's got incredible, uh, like, he's smiling because he knows what I'm talking about. This is what we talk about chemistry. Suter B is that guy, regardless of his if his ERA is a 4.2 or if his exit velocity against is a 84 miles an hour. Whatever it is, this guy is he embodies chemistry. That's solid. Thank you, Krasi. You do, man. You do. Krasi does. I know that for sure. You the man. You Krasi. No, you. You Krasi. <laughs> I heard. You have a home run in the bigs. You have a, you've done something that I've never done. Hit a home run off Corey Kluver. 
<laughs> Is that I got true? lucky. I got lucky. <laughs> 433 lucky. feet, huh? Talk to me about what he threw you there and how that felt to be a real ball player hitting home runs. <laughs> it was amazing, <laughs> first of all. Uh, first pitch of the inning, which pitchers are not supposed to swing at, I saw a ball up and I just kind of threw my bat at it and I didn't feel anything, which everyone told me that's a really good sign. And I saw it going and I was like, I hope that gets past Rajay Davis. Uh, he was playing center. I was like, I hope that gets past him for a double. And that ball just kept going. It had like perfect spin or something. And it uh, hit off kind of the batter's eye in Milwaukee. And I was running around and I felt like I was in a dream. Like it was crazy, almost out of body experience. Uh, going around third base, high five and Eddie, and just like, what is going on? My heart was going about 200 beats a minute, uh, and then I had to go out and pitch like three or four more innings. But uh, that was that was one of my favorite baseball moments of all time. Probably probably the favorite. That was awesome. That was an epic epic swing. How on earth did you develop after every pitch? Now next time you watch, this is like Terry Hatcher's. You know, her one nostril is bigger than the other one. Okay, you can't not see it now. When Suter B pitches, after every pitch, whether it's a rocket in the gap or a dribbler back to him, after every pitch, whoop, <laughs> under the armpit. How on earth did this happen? How did you start this? Um, it, I started the professional balls. You know, obviously the seams are smaller than college, and I was having trouble gripping, uh, gripping the balls, and so I just – so I'd, okay, I can go to my pits for some moisture and get some uh, get some grip on this thing, and I started doing it. And everyone calls me like superstar, you know, I'm like superstar, all that stuff. But uh, it's it works for me. It's how I get uh, grips on the ball, and uh, it's it's weird, but yeah, you can't unsee it now. If you if you watch me pitch, you can't unsee it now. I do it about every pitch. So sorry about it. <laughs> sorry about it. <laughs> Does everybody know about this? Like, do, do your teammates give you shit for it? Yeah, uh, I mean they they know about it. They're, they're you know good fun fun love and ribbon. It was funny when I first came over here. The Rockies coaches were like, "We've seen you pitch before, but like, why do you go to your armpit every time?" You know what I mean? They they didn't notice just how much I did it, and especially up here in the elevation, you need uh, you need some uh, moisture because it gets pretty dry out there sometimes. So I'm, I'm definitely going to the pits heavy, heavy pit year heavy, this year. Heavy pits, heavy, pit. heavy sweater. <laughs> you you. I want to talk about going to Colorado for a little bit. Last time we had you on, you kind of were breaking up and we were talking about that. Your exit velocity is against, exit velocity against is crazy low. So many people go into Colorado and like, oh, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. You, your stuff is all below average. And I mean that with all due respect, but your results, <laughs> yep. I can say whatever I want if I say with all due respect. But <laughs> your results are way above average. How do you go in there and change the mindset when everybody around you is like, oh, bro, that cutter's not going to work. And you just keep coming out there, get the ball, get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, my, my, my stuff, my horizontal movement here isn't diminished that much. You know what I mean? I get pretty good horizontal movement on my cutter and my – sinker still it's the the vertical is taken away a lot so like my cutter doesn't have as much ride on it uh here as in sea level and my breaker is always below average but uh here i just need to be that much better with it um and it kind of forces you to get on top of stuff so uh it does make you a better pitcher i think in the long run but i i got really lucky up here with my horizontal stuff being pretty consistent to my sea level 
Um, and it allows me to miss barrels up here. Um, trying to miss more bats, but, uh, missing barrels at a decent, decent rate here. And, uh, it's, it's one of those places I, I pitched in Colorado Springs for parts of three years in the minor league. So I, I did have some adjustment period there. Um, but I, I don't mind pitching at altitude a whole lot because I still have that kind of the late horizontal movement that I really need. So Brent, I'm close friends with Dan O'Dowd, who was the GM of the Rockies for a long time. And I spent many yeah. hours talking to him about the complicated situation of the environment in Colorado to be able to build a consistent winner. It takes more of a toll on most bodies out there. Obviously, like you're talking about, the pitches are different. The th There's so many differences there. Then when you're taking the offense and they're going from home to the road, it changes things up a lot. And same can be said for the pitching. You're a science guy. Do you have a scientific response or idea for how this team can try and overcome some of the environmental like hold like what, what do you want to call them like holdups basically that most other teams don't have you know it's tough for them and I don't think it's been figured out too much at all yet um for this ball club to put together you know like a consistent game plan for how players can thrive there versus everywhere else and do the same thing not just like as an adjustment of oh this is the team you were on last year now you're here but you know it like for years the offense much better at home than on the road and it's it's so drastic that it's not just hey that's this ballpark. It's like dudes will say, I mean, it's a different game now. I'm on the road, right? Um, yeah, I think we're doing we're trying to do our best with all the controllables. Like when we go on the road, our first day, we always have early work with the hitters and are all out there getting used to the different movements of the balls at sea level as opposed to elevation. So that's really good. I think you're starting to see some parts of our team that I think are necessary to build winners here. Uh, speed. Defense, um, I think arm strength in the outfield because you know how big Core's outfield is. A lot of things are getting down there, but we're having so many outfield assists from particularly Nolan Jones and Brenton Doyle because those guys have some of the top arms in the league and they're super accurate uh, and they're super fast. So that is huge, huge building blocks for the future for this team uh, are those those defenders. Tovar uh, being a great defender at shortstop is huge. Uh, Brenton Rogers coming off the gold glove years awesome so our strength up the middle our defense up the middle Elias Diaz catching is a huge component of building a winner here because I think you know defense uh get sneaking some outs when you can on defense is, is huge um and offensively I think uh we got to get better at you know maybe moving runners across um forcing runs putting pressure on the defense especially on the road um we've seen some some guys do it here in the last couple of weeks but making guys make plays with bunts or just putting balls in play um, you know, sacrificing maybe the, the A swing for getting the C swing off and just putting it in play. Because we saw uh, last week when we were on the road, teams just weren't punching out late in the games and they were getting all these bloopers and they were just winning games against us because they just weren't punching out. So uh, I think that's a huge part going forward too is just putting the ball in play offensively and pitching, um, continuing to develop. We got some really good uh, young young arms going. Uh, Peter Lambert's been awesome for us. Justin Lawrence and Jake Bird in the bullpen have been outstanding. Tommy Doyle, Gavin Hall, all these guys are really good and are grinders. You know what I mean? They, they want to win and they want to get better every day and they're willing to pitch in all kinds of elements So, uh, and all kinds of points of the game. So there's some really good building blocks here for, for winning, but I would say the big, biggest thing we could change is just putting more pressure on defenses uh, late in games. Suter, you sound like you sound like a manager, but I don't know if we're going to be able to see it. I don't know if we're going to be able to see it in my shot, so I'm going to have to move here a little bit. But you and I 
are both authors. Okay. So yes, let's talk about nice. your book because we've, we've talked about my book plenty and this is the size of my book. Okay. So if you need to read it, okay. it's going to be, it's going to be, <laughs> let's talk about the Binky Bandit and where it came from and all that stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, I wrote a little poem when our dog was, you know, jacking all our son's binkies and destroying them. I thought it was like a little funny poem I could read to him. And then um, Milwaukee Magazine did a cover story on me a couple years ago. And they said, like, what do you read to your son at night? And I was like, well, I wrote him a little story. Uh, and then a publisher in Milwaukee reached out and said, hey, we want to read your story. I was like, okay, here it is. I sent him a Google Doc. And they were like, we want to publish this. And I was like, really? You're like, why? You know what I mean? And the, so we did some edits for the next year and a half and published it uh, last year. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it was really fun doing virtual readings. I got some more virtual uh, author visits coming up this off season, but uh, it was it was cool launching it. We uh, the brewers were kind enough to put it in their bookstore uh, or their team store and let us launch it at the on the dugout in the uh, in the stadium there on the off day. So it's been a really fun experience. Different world, you know, in being an author and baseball player. Uh, some similarities, but uh, it it was. It was really fun. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Don't know if I need to do it again, but it was really, really fun doing it. All right. I need one more impersonation before we let you go. I need Christian Yelich finding out that you wrote a book, Binky Ben. <laughs> Duty Bay. How you doing? You wrote a, you wrote a kid's book? Kid's book? Really cool, Duty Bay. Really cool. I gotta get you to sign it. So, I don't know. I don't have the yelling impression, but I do. I do have his stance. I would always imitate his stance. You know, uh, when watching him play, he was such fun, such a fun guy to imitate his stance on. But uh, yeah, he's kind of really reserved and kind of keeps his mouth kind of still. It goes like that. Dude, what's going on? Man? You got a nice little book going on, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, what what would what would what would Hater what would Hater say when he or what did Hater say when he found out about your book? As Hater, I know you hey, got a great brother, Hater. Hey, <laughs> brother, can I get that book, brother? I'm I'm gonna need it from my son Lucas. He's getting born next year, man. It's gonna be awesome, man. I need that. I need that book real quick, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, dude, uh, best impressions in the game potentially, Kratz. I don't know oh, if anyone's got to be. A hundred percent. Yes. Dude, yes, right. Who's else? better? I that, got... Fine. I mean, that's what we do. You don't. You can. You can be the humble. That's fine. You don't have to. You say, "All right, I appreciate you." But have you come across anyone else that has game like this? Uh, Tim Dillard. I mean, he's not playing anymore, but uh, uh, he's got better impressions than me for sure. Uh, Stephen Vote, I think. Like his mm. his basketball ref takes him above the above the rest. His basketball <laughs> ref is like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I think Greg Holland is uh, or uh, Derek Holland was really good too. I've seen some good things on him. Yep, but Tim was good for me the best. Yeah, but your your yeah, your, but he, he, your spectrum of impersonations is the versatility. Like you have those guys versatility have off the stick. charts. Yours is you know like like JP Aaron Sebia was really good at the. Uh, he did the great Tim Kirkchen. Tim Kirkchen. Yeah. Yeah. Let me hear your Tim Kirkchen, and then we'll let you go. <laughs> no, I talked to two baseball executives uh, yesterday talking about the, the waiver claims, and it's just it's just crazy to me that you, you can still get moved in late August still, even though we already have the one trade deadline. So it's it's been really fun to watch. See that there, there's some really good ball clubs out there. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That, that's solid. <laughs> 
That is solid. Yeah, I know. And, and Brent's on TikTok, so here's what we're going to do. Because we have, like, we've got a great crew behind the scenes. We're going to take some of what we just did over the last 15 minutes, and we'll pair Real Tim with Brent. It's going to be gold, guaranteed. So look out for that, dude, okay? Okay. Yeah, I'll be posting. I'll be posting. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you, Brent. Awesome catching up, dude. You're yeah. a gem. Um, keep crushing it this season. We'll talk to you in the offseason, all right? Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Great seeing you. See ya. Cheers. Great to see you. Awesome. Awesome. That was incredible. I cannot wait. You know what I'm talking about, Kratz. We are going to get like some beautiful side-by-sides. One talks, then he talks, then, then the be person good. impersonating good. talks again. It's going to be freaking incredible. Does anyone have shades with them? And you got a little I shade I mean, you always need shades, especially yeah. with my future so bright. Nope. I wear sunglasses inside. Thank you. Oh, watch Thank out you. now. Uh, single, single up that that handsome man. Thank Get you. Get him, Maverick. Very much, Maverick. Cause, yeah, because we know we know it's still hot as hell, and it's sunny, and summer kind of carries later, especially in the Northeast. If you're in the area, you still need to get hooked up with world class product. Just as good as any expensive pair that you've ever worn. And it's called Shady Rays. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for any outdoor adventures. Or sometimes even indoor adventures. You know, if you've got a sun lamp or something. They offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So wear those Shady Rays with your chest as... Eric Kratz would say, and make sure you hit up their website, shadyrays.com, because it is still running. The promo code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.